and welcome to episode 42 of Girl Mode. I'm one of your hosts, Robin B. And I'm Willa Rowe. And today we are talking about something I know very little about, romance, love, smooching, <laughs> etc. Yes. So, okay, Willa, play along. I'm sorry. Um, so this was an episode that we've been planning for a little while. Uh, we planned around Valentine's Day. That didn't happen. We talked about it again at some other point. Mm-hmm. Oh, you that's right. You made the joke that we will we'll do the episode when I get a girlfriend. Get a girlfriend. But instead of never yeah. doing the episode, we decided <laughs> uh, to do it today instead because something something sparked sparked your interest. Yes. Baldur's Gate 3 for the third week in a row. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to talk about romance in in Baldur's Gate 3 specifically because it's been a point of, uh, you know, discussion. But I also wanted to, you know, kind of go out beyond that and talk about just like romance in games in general and just all the all the sucking and fucking we're doing with with the digital with the digital hotties. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you think Spotify would like block our podcast if we just called this episode "Sucking Suck and, and Fucking"? I think there's only one way to find out. It's true. We can do it like S K N and F K N, like <laughs> "Sucking and Fucking." Get it past sounds the worse when you say it like that in that tone of voice. I know, but yeah, so. I think we should start on Baldur's Gate 3. And... I you are going to say, I think we should start over. <laughs> yeah, let's do a quick Baldur's Gate 3 check-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for me, I am still in Act 1. I'm just doing like literally everything I can in the Underdark. But uh, in the context of today's episode with romance, I have mostly been focusing on Shadowheart my lovely problematic uh hot cleric yeah and uh i just i think she's really neat i like her story it's fun um i like the rapport that her and my protagonist have so i've been romancing her and once you complete the druid and like tiefling quest you get a party which as we've discussed is the worst party in video game history maybe Mm -hmm. During that party, if you've progressed your relationship with like your companions enough, they will pull you aside at one point and they'll be like, hey, maybe we should find some time alone to, you know, get to know each other a little bit more. And I had built enough of a relationship with Shadowheart that she was like, let's, you know, let's stay up a little late and wait for everybody to go to sleep and just go, you know, go have a bottle of wine and see what happens. So I did that and it was, it was nice. We, we shared a very, chaste kiss Mm -hmm. shadowheart did not get down and dirty which was a little disappointing but it's like you know what it makes you want it more but yeah the only wrinkle to that is that obviously carlac exists Mm -hmm. and carlac is so perfect um so i this i'll get into it more later but i i also would like to romance carlac but that has not been in the cards (laughs) Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, yeah, so I just started Act 2, haven't really done anything. I have been talking to Carlac. So those are the ones we're talking about. Obviously, we don't care about Gale or Asterion no. or 
the bear man. Or Zoe cares about Asterion. Does she? Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Zoe. Zoe told me unprompted that she would fuck the vampire from Baldur's Gate Three. Yeah, that, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so I have been talking to Carlac, which also, like, I Shadowheart, and like I'm assuming everyone else. That kind of really seems to kick off after the party. She is like always the first person who I talk to when I go back to camp. Um, obviously, because she's the best. So I talked to her and she was immediately just like, hey, what are you doing after this? Basically, like, what do you, you know, uh, invited me to bunk with her after the party. And I was obviously like, yeah, let's do that. It was very funny, though, because then when I every other person I went and talked to was just like, ah, damn, I was going to ask you to fuck. But I guess you're already doing that with Carlac. OK, well, do you still want to? No. OK, that's cool. That's cool. Like, the rest of the party was clearly just, like, waiting in line to be like, hey, do you want to get mm-hmm. out of here? But yeah, I mean, it's also very, very chaste with Carlac at this point, which she has, you know, the story justifications for it, which is that you will be killed if you touch her. Uh, but anyway, the, the scene that night at the party mm-hmm. is basically just you, like, lying side by side on the sleeping bag and talking about how much you want to touch each other and how much you can't, which is so, so lesbian coded. It's... It's yeah, exactly. It's the perfect lesbian yearning relationship. Yeah, you basically like talking about how you can't touch each other, but really want to. And then she leaves uh, and says, I think I, I might have mentioned this last week, or I might have just mentioned this to you. I can't remember. She says something when she leaves. It's something like, um, I wish we could have, you know, done something there. But you've certainly given me a lot to think about back in my own bunk. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you talk about how everybody else in camp was also like trying to be like, hey, you want to sleep together? Because I mean, this is something that I have just constantly heard about. And like, I've experienced it to an extent. But like, these companions are so thirsty. They are like, falling over each other to sleep with you. Like from the start. Like, uh, Lazelle, she is, she will fuck anything, like without care. I've heard a lot of stories about people saying that Gail will just like not leave them alone. <laughs> and I must be doing something very right because Gail just won't talk to me about like anything like that. And I'm like, good, stay away. He was the most like kind of pathetic about it in a way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where like after I talked to Carl, like I talked to him and he was like, ah, well, I guess that makes sense. I was going to ask you to about ask you about but i guess you're with carlac now so mm-hmm. i guess i'll just be here in case you change your mind like it was so pathetic it was like okay gail this was never gonna work i accidentally gave halson the idea that i wanted to sleep with him apparently i have not talked to him a single time at the party i was like chatting with him and this is like the first time you really get to chat with him because you like finish his quest and i was like oh hey that was like i'm glad you're joining us do you want like you want a drink or something being just a cool person and then he was like oh (laughs) it's like cool it buddy (laughs) like whoa there i know you've been out in the wilderness for a while but like there's we gotta be chill about this (laughs) yeah but yeah, it's so interesting. This like game, the game is so horny in in several different like ways. One, companions are falling over you. Two, the sex scenes I've heard tell are are very wild. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you can you can fuck a mind flare. Have you seen this? I know you can kiss a mind flare. <laughs> I didn't. 
I didn't know that you could take it further. Pretty sure. But so there's that. There's just like a lot what of those tentacles do. <laughs> there's a lot of horniness going on in the game. And like obviously like pursuing romance with companions and all that. I don't know how I'm I'm very iffy on my takeaways from the romance so far. Mm-hmm. Cause like a lot of people have been saying it's like, you know, kind of the best romance that they've seen in games. Other people are saying, like, it's not that great. There's, like, things about it. One of the things that I have a sticking point about is a lot of people have been like, oh, you know, the romance is, like, less gamified. Like, it doesn't feel like a reward. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I completely disagree with that. Yeah. It's, like, it's textbook, like, most games where it's, like, say the right things and progress the relationship. And at a key point in the plot, you will get romance scenes. Before, okay, before we get into like the discussion, I did want to share the other story that I said I was going to say with Carla. So have you, after the camp scene with Shadowheart, have you, has there been any like thing else there? I haven't had any more scenes with Shadowheart yet. Maybe it's because I haven't moved into act two. Maybe. So the only other thing that happened that was very funny was like the next time I talked to Carlac, she was we were again just talking about like oh i wish i didn't have this like thing going on so you can't kiss me like she's always like a little bit on fire and i was like don't worry i'll think of something um and then it's just like whenever i tried to talk to her again like at that camp session like i couldn't go any further she was just like okay great like do the thing like i'm waiting to see what it is so i was like okay well what can i do and i I like didn't have any like fire resistance or anything like that handy. So I was like, okay, what do I have? All I had was a jug of water. So I just <laughs> threw a jug of water at her, which very briefly doused her flames. And she was like, great, okay, let's do let's it go. before they come back. And there was a very funny scene where you're like, you're just like both standing parallel to each other. And the most like unsexy, unromantic kiss in the world happens. So you just kind of like give like a quick peck, but it, and there's this little spark of like fire that happens, and you like kind of jolt away, and you're like, you know, whatever. But it's but my character is significantly shorter than Karlak, so like our faces did not line up. It was just like we leaned close <laughs> to each other, and then fire appeared, and then we were like, ah. Oh. And then oh, when I talked to Karlak, she was like. That was amazing. I'm like so fucking worked up about it. And it was like, we didn't even touch each other. Girl, you got to get yourself under control. Um, oh, man. But it was very funny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I, I think I'm, I'm definitely on your uh, side of that, where like, I think the only way in which it doesn't feel as gamified as it does in some other games is that it's just seems to be automatic. Mm-hmm. Like as long as your companions like you at all, as long as they don't hate you, they will throw themselves at you. <laughs> so you're not constantly like managing like a meter. There's also like, I mean, actually, no, there is a visible there is, meter. Because it's like, like the you. approves or disapproves stuff. So I guess the only difference is like a lot of games that have this kind like a you know mechanized form of it, it's like giving them gifts is what does it. Whereas like dialogue options maybe kind of feels more organic mm-hmm. but yeah i'm with i totally disagree that it, it that it feels better in any way mm-hmm. like it's it's just like make the obviously correct dialogue choice and everyone yeah. you see will will jump into bed with you i have to say it's like 
you know, the obvious point of comparison when it comes to like romance and games, but like mostly AAA is the like only example that I think people have to compare it to is Bioware games. Mm -hmm. So like Dragon Age and Mass Effect and how those games handle romance, which you know, it's like it's one of those things where there's like there's been praise for it and then backlash about it where it's like those games have been seen as, oh, look how cool it is that you can date certain like companions and they have really interesting stories. And then over time, it's been like, oh, but those, you know, romances are so boring and railroaded where it's just you you progress and then it just happens and it's like a reward. I honestly don't feel like they're too different, especially like I mean, the ones that I think about mostly that I have more ingrained in my memory is like the mass effect relationships mm -hmm. obviously i romanced tolly because she's the best a lot a very car like vibe going on you know you can't you can't quite kiss or be with each other <laughs> but like those games i think do the same thing where it's like the best part of the romance isn't about getting that like you know quote unquote like transactionary like intimate scene it's about like you get to learn about these really cool characters mm-hmm which I do think Baldur's Gate accomplishes, but I mean, so do, I, I honestly think like so does Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Like, I don't think it's like markably better than those those games. No, I mean, it feels like exactly the same thing. Yeah, I remember. I do think it's funny um, to an extent. Um, those games are like more interesting in some ways because I remember in Mass Effect 2, I was trying to romance jacks i think and her whole storyline she has a whole storyline where like her and miranda is her name just jack is it just jack i think so okay let's I look like, it up who the fuck is jacks i can only think of the mortal Kombat character named jacks <laughs> that's who i'm probably thinking of <laughs> so yeah jack mass effect <laughs> but jack, jack mass effect <laughs> that's her full name J jack final fantasy <laughs> but jack her whole storyline is basically like her and Miranda are just intrinsically kind of hate each other because they have so much story that's like intertwined. And you, you, the game kind of makes you have to choose one over the other, or mm -hmm. it's really complicated to get them both on your side. And you can completely like lose the relationship if you <laughs> side with like Miranda once, which I think is kind of neat. Whereas like, at least to my, to my knowledge so far, there's not there's not really like an easy way to fail out of relationships. I think the game is based as far as I have experienced, except for a big caveat, which I will get into. Okay. The game is like, if you want to romance this character, you can. We're not going to get in the way of that. We're going to pretty much make it possible. Like one of the things that I find interesting and to an extent, I think it was a good choice because like this is a game and there's supposed to be a suspension of disbelief and stuff. This is a fantasy world, um, although we'll actually get into it because I think it's more complicated. So when you're romancing a, a companion in Baldur's Gate, there is no like there's no gender restrictions and there's no race restrictions. Like every single companion will romance literally any player character. You can be a man or a woman or you know, a drow or a gith or, you know, a half elf, nobody will care. You can romance who you want, which is like kind of a chain from, you know, to keep this like main point of comparison for AAA going, Bioware games, which have famously always had like restrictions where it's like certain companions are straight and they won't date if they're, you know, they're a guy, they won't date a guy, yeah. which 
has had a lot of like, there's been a lot of complexities about this. We talked about this a little bit last night, where there's yeah. like the one companion in Dragon Age Inquisition. It was like the cleric who basically just calls you a lesbo if you are a woman and try to hook up with her. Like, she's so mean about it. And you know what? You know what I'll say to an extent when I'm thinking about it in the context of Baldur's Gate 3? Hmm. I kind of appreciate that because the world of Baldur's Gate, as we've talked about, is so entrenched in like racism and social hierarchy and stuff. But when it comes to romance, none of that matters. <laughs> it, yeah, it is interesting because specifically, as we talked about last time, like Shadowheart is specifically like, I fucking hate Gith. Mm -hmm. But you could play a Gith and romance her. She'd be like, you're one of the good ones, basically. Yeah, there's like, no like extra hurdle to like jump over. She's ju It's just the same approval system. It's weird because it's like there is... An extent there is to an extent I'm like, well, it's a game. I appreciate that, that, you know, you can romance whoever you want. Like maybe you really like a character. I don't think you, you know, that should get in the way of it. Cause like that happens with Mass Effect, like all the time. For example, like I play as Femshep in Mass Effect. So to romance Tally, I had to mod the game so that it took mm -hmm. out the gender restrictions because she only ro will romance male Shep. It's weird because it's there, there, there's like narrative purpose to it where it would make sense narratively for these characters to have preferences. But for a player, like, I like that they're kind of like, oh, you know, just let you have fun. Yeah. I think we got into this a little bit when we talked about, like, the episode where we were talking about, like, queer representation in games and, like, who does it well and who does it mm -hmm. poorly. There is sort of, there are sort of two sides to that, where it is nice to be able to just go for whoever you want and not feel like, you're being excluded because you want to make the queer choice or whatever. But at the same time, it it is we were very frustrated about like when we saw all those lists of like best queer representation in games that just had like Mass Effect and Dragon Age and that kind of thing, just because there was an option to to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't mean it's like a good representation of like a queer relationship. And so I think there is a way in which like having like the term that has been used here is like player sexual, which is like every character will just get with the just wants to be with the player, like regardless of what they are. That does kind of feel like it could get in the way of good queer representation. Like if you're writing a character that's like this character is queer and they want to have they're going to have a queer relationship with you, like if you're the same gender as them or whatever, you can write a story that is specifically queer. Mm -hmm. You can write a story that like feels right for queer people playing it and, and is like recognizable. Whereas if it's just everyone wants to fuck everyone, it's just the same story, no matter like where you're coming at it. So there is a sense in which it kind of has to be like generic. It has to have those edges sanded off. Like, it can't be a totally queer relationship because it also has to work if you're straight. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's, I don't know, I really am of two minds of it because I would be frustrated if like, for instance, if I couldn't be with Carlac because she if she was like a straight character that would be annoying obviously it would Never. be insane to make her <laughs> she's clearly not but just for point of comparison like if they said you can't be with this character because she will only be interested in someone of the opposite gender it's like that would be annoying mm -hmm. but it is still a little unsatisfying just to be like no matter what like they're all gonna like you I have to point out there's this I think this is really funny and it sticks with me forever in Mass Effect Andromeda Mm -hmm. There is a romance option. Her name is Cora. She is the most lesbian character in this game. <laughs> but you can only romance her if you're the male protagonist. 
That is, I am not looking at a heterosexual person right now. Are you kidding me? I know. Oh my god! I just wanted to share that. That is, that is deranged. Okay, but one of the reasons that I believe I know. (laughs) You ready to move on? Yeah. One of the reasons that I want to like, I also want to bring this up though, is my opinion of Baldur's Gate's approach to romance and this like open you know, thing of you can romance anybody you want. There's a huge caveat to it that I've actually had a big problem with that has made Mm -hmm. me like the romance in this game less. And this comes back to the Shadowheart and Karlak thing. So I met Shadowheart first because you meet her first. And I was immediately very much like, I want to romance Shadowheart. And my character being a high charisma character who like talks their way out of things a lot, super easy to get on Shadowheart's good side. You talk yourself out of fights and into bed. Exactly. Um, and then I met Carlac and I was like, I love Carlac too. I want to romance Carlac also. Because Larian said during the panel from Hell in June, where they premiered the, or July rather, I think, um, where they premiered Bear Sex <laughs> at the same panel. Bear Sex, the musical. Yeah, at the same panel, they talked about how you're going to be able to like be Polly in this game and romance multiple partners. And I was like, cool. Shadowheart and Carlock. I'm going to romance you two because you guys are great and I can't decide. You're both perfect. Also, textually, Shadowheart is so into Carlock. (laughs) Like, you meet Carlock and Shadowheart is like, she looks strong, like she could pick me up and carry me around. And so I was like, cool, this is going to be great. Um, I'm going to have my little D&D thruple and we're all going to live happily ever after. If you progress your relationship enough, I've heard multiple ways. Shadowheart with certain people will say, oh, I want to be like, I just want to be yours. I don't want to share you with anybody. And I've had I've heard from people that Carlax sometimes is okay with you sleeping with other people. So this is the thing. I obviously we don't know how it's going to be in the end, like things Mm -hmm. could come around or whatever. But I did have an interaction with Carlax when it was after I had to throw a jug of water on her to be able to kiss her. She, we were talking, uh, I think she asked me, like, are you okay with, you know, this, like, waiting and figuring mm-hmm. stuff out and da-da-da. And she made a comment to the effect of, like, it's cool if you sleep around until we get this figured out. Mm-hmm. And I think what I took from that was, like, for now, it's cool if you do whatever you want, but as soon as we figure this out, she said something to the effect of, like, make sure you save save some for me or, or something like this. Yeah. There's some comment mm-hmm. that made it sound like... Once we get, once we can be together, like it's got to be just us. People might be interpreting that a different way, and maybe they're right. I don't know, but to me, it read as I if have seen, it's cool to sleep around now until yeah. we can be together. I have seen that. That's what it is. Is it's you get to a point once you're like supposed to commit, and Carlac will be like, "Oh, you're going like to that point with Shadowheart. I can't do that. Like I'm happy for you, but I don't. I can't share." And I've seen people that that happens with Shadowheart also, um, like the reverse. And I, so I did a lot of looking into this because the game is like, you can do multiple romances. And out of my research, I have discovered that this is pretty much a lie with an asterisk. How did they phrase it when they said it? They said there will be polyamory. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It doesn't seem like that's the case. Then. 
No. What it what it is, as far as I understand, and there have been people who have like tried to figure out the more like the more detailed systems behind mm-hmm. it is the most you can have a relationship is with is two other people. And this is certain combinations that are okay with you being with the other mm-hmm. person. Like I have seen Asterian is okay if you are also with Halson. Sure. Because he wants both of them. Yeah, both of them are apparently fine. Apparently, Shadowheart is okay if you are also with Halson. Yeah. I think Asterion just angling for a threesome. Yeah, but but the way it works is it's very much like you date two people and they're fine with you dating both uh-huh. of them, but there's no like group relationship. Right. They have no interactions. Also, the game, when you do have romance scenes, it's very much like pick the one you care about more. Mm. That sucks. Um, and then you also can't go like any more than that. You can't have relationships with any other characters. Also, it's very limiting because as you discover, only certain characters are open to being poly and having like multiple romances and sharing you, which I have a big issue with because that is a artificial restriction from the developer on relationships where it's saying that hey, only some of these characters are fine sharing, which is like, the argument is, well, that's just like real life. You know, some people are monogamous, some people are polyamorous, and you can't force people into anything. But as we've established, the game's monogamous relationships have no restrictions on gender or race, which would be the realistic thing. So why is it limited when it comes to this? Yeah, it does kind of feel like you have to pick one. Like, if you're going to say there's no restrictions on, like, their sexuality, then for there then to be restrictions on which ones have preferences about, like, mm-hmm. the relationship structure also feels weird. Again, yeah, it's like, it's it's kind of like if, if there were some who could be poly and some were really monogamous, and also there were those other restrictions about some of them are just canonically queer and some are straight or whatever, that kind of feels mm-hmm. at least like they're making, like, a sort of consistent choice. But to have it be like there's no restrictions, but except for this one does it does make it feel a little more judgmental in a way. I don't know. I wonder if it's just like would just be too complicated of a thing like on a system level to be like, okay, keeping track of who you're with and which other partner it is and your Mm -hmm. relationships with each of them and writing new dialogue. and, and, And like it would be it would be very complex, like to be fair. I absolutely think that's what it is, is is that it's just like as complicated and, you know, expansive as a game as Baldur's Gate 3 is like that is an extra level of more things. Mm -hmm. And it's probably very taxing systems wise. And I do get that, which raises the question of why did they do it in the first place and why did they promise it also? And it's not like they made this promise like two years ago. They did it like a month before the game released into its like final state. It's really weird. And it's like, I have a lot of thoughts about this and I wrote about it, but like, in a way, this is better than what most games have because most games that have romance options where multiple romance is somewhat of a thing, it's always used as the butt of a joke or to punish players. Mm. And what I think about are Persona, I, I think about Persona 5, Stardew Valley, and The Witcher 3, which in The Witcher 3, you. Can you have two main romances, right. which is Yen and Triss. If you try to romance both Yennefer and Triss, they find out, and there's a whole scene where basically they like, oh yeah, they 
they like trick you and then they like just leave you alone and then the end of the game the game is like well you tried to two-time them so they just left you and you're gonna die alone and then stardew valley and persona 5 have a very similar thing where the whole game you can absolutely romance every romanceable character Obviously, it's like they don't talk to each other, but it's like you're progressing the romance with every single character. And then in Persona 5, it's that it's on Valentine's Day. Um, I forget what it is in Stardew Valley, but it's on a day where everybody is like, I'm going to give you a gift. And so in Persona 5, all the girls come to your house to give you Valentine's Day presents and they all see each other and they're like, excuse me. And and then basically you lose every relationship after that because you tried to date all mm-hmm. of them. So it's like technically Baldur's Gate 3 is better because it doesn't like do that. Right. But it's not really better because it's it's not really there at all. It's just a different way of closing out that possibility. Yeah. Which, yeah, is frustrating. It's 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 the thing of like, I do think this the key takeaway for me. It's like. I don't think I would have cared as much if I did if you guys didn't explicitly promise it. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's weird because it is like a the artificiality of romance in video games also comes into play mm-hmm. here, where it's like in real life you can just be like, "Hey, what do you like? You know, like, are you cool with dating other people?" But in these games, you have to find out through these weird ways of like progressing this dialogue tree to get to the right point and maybe you never find out and maybe the developers tell Mm -hmm. you something that isn't true so yeah it is very frustrating to be like you kind of have to figure it out for yourself but the process of figuring it out might end up like locking you out of the thing you wanted in the first place you know i think about a game that's like more it's not as big as like Baldur's gate or bioware games but it's like pretty high level as far as indies go which is hades which I think has really good romance. Yeah. I'm trying to... How far did you... Like, how much of Hades did you play? I had finished it. Okay. I'm, tr- I'm just trying to remember, was there any sort of, like, polyamory in that game? There actually is. Because I know that I, like, progressed romance with multiple people, but I can't remember if the game kind of, like, acknowledged that in any way. There are three romanceable options in Hades, which is Dusa, Meg, and... Thanatos. Funnily enough, a lot of what I know about the end game of Hades comes from Zoe because Zoe got so obsessive with Hades that she put in like over a hundred hours what? into this game. Yes. It's wild. Again, the legend of Zoe's games continues. <laughs> it's amazing. I think one of the funniest things about Hades that I learned from Zoe's play, playing through of it, is that if you progress the Deucer relationship the whole way. It ends with Dusa just being like, hey, so this is really awkward, but like, I don't actually like you like that. I'm totally fine being friends, but like, I don't like you like you. Yeah, I got to that point too, because I love Dusa and it was... Which I think is objectively incredible. Yeah, because the whole game she's kind of portrayed as this like fawning, like kind of fangirl for you. And for her to be like, no, I just, I think you're really great, but Mm -hmm. like, I'm not looking for that. It's like, it's, it's so cool. And to like do not play it as a joke, you know, it's not like a it's just like this is how some relationships are <laughs> like you got really close to this person and you misread their signals and and that's fine. You know, I, I really I really then, appreciate that about it. 
Yeah. And then meanwhile, like the other two, you know, you can progress those relationships and you can choose to date one or the other, but you can get to the point where you've romanced both of them. And there's basically a scene where you go into your room at one point and they're both there. <sighs> and then they're like, and, 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 um, uh, Zagreus is like, what are you guys doing here? Um, and they're just like, oh, well, we know you've been like seeing both of us, but like we want to like talk and like, you know, I think we can be together. And then they, you know, they sleep together. But the implication is that you now are like in a relationship with everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the game kind of stops it there, though. And after that point, it's just kind of like you talk to them and they'll be like, oh, hey, I date you. Yeah. But, but uh, I mean, I I do like Hades for it. I feel like it has more nuanced approaches to how it like expresses romance and just the idea that, you know, with Dusa especially also where it's like you can progress it in the like typical game way that's supposed to have the quote unquote re reward, mm -hmm. but the NPC in question actually just doesn't want to be with you. And I think what makes makes it very different as well is that you have existing relationships with all of these people. Mm -hmm. It's not like in Bioware games or in Baldur's Gate where it's like you meet all of these strangers and then you would just like pour energy into like making them want to fuck you like these are all mm -hmm. people who you've like either been in relationships with or known or like there's been feelings there before so it does feel a lot more natural just to be like it's like you're picking up in the middle of a relationship as opposed to mm -hmm. like choosing which of these little like dolls you're going to play with you know um and i think and i think also just like the fact that they're like such strong characters really helps as well like that's something that i think makes romance in a lot of games pretty bad <laughs> like even in let's say like dragon age like a game that i love that has like very strong characters they are not like the romance isn't really written well like the reason mm -hmm. why it's like fun to romance someone is because like you as the player like that character and want to just know more about them but there's kind of no no insinuation in the game that it would actually be like a functional relationship or that there was like yeah. any reason I... to date there I will say one of the things that I think is kind of neat, actually, is in Dragon Age Inquisition, um, they try to like change the way relationships are mm -hmm. slightly, which is, you know, like typically in the Bioware games or um, it's very much like it can feel like it's like, well, you progress to the point and then you have the like final scene and you guys are like, you sleep together and also you're dating now, but the game's kind of over. Whereas in Dragon Age Inquisition, you can kind of, you, you can start relationships much earlier so that like earlier in the game, you can basically be like, we're dating, mm -hmm. we're a couple. And then for the rest of the game, you just keep investing in that relationship and you get to see the relationship play out more as like a full-fledged couple, uh, which I do think is a neat twist on it. And it kind of gets away from the idea that it's like, oh, romance in the game is just another thing that you like accomplish in order to yes. like receive a reward because you can get to like an intimate scene in Dragon Age Inquisition relatively early in that game because there's a couple times you can spend the night with your partner because it's just about you being in a relationship as you progress. Yeah, I'm curious what Baldur's Gate is going to do with that, actually. Because I think that could be an advantage of this model, like everyone throwing themselves at you, is like starting earlier and then mm -hmm. kind of like cementing things quickly. And then it's just yeah, like... deepening the relationship. Yeah, as opposed to the model of like, you know, the, the normal like Mass Effect type one, where it is like 
the reason you're doing this is to get that like sex scene as a reward. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like an achievement almost, you know, it's like, it's like part of your like character build almost where you're like, okay, I'm building for this relationship, this romance option, as opposed to actually like it being a part of the story. And I think that's where Mm -hmm. a lot of those, the games really like romance fails, I think in a lot of games, like even ones that, you know, tend to be cited as like really good ones. And even ones where I did pursue those options, like dragon effect, dragon effect, dragon age, mass effect, or even like stardew Valley. It's like, there's not really much of like a building relationship there. It's just like, you have this goal you're trying to work toward. It's like you're grinding levels, you know, you're just grinding levels in affection as opposed to, you know, whatever else. Yeah. And I think that's, I don't know, that's just kind of a model that doesn't ever really feel that good. I think that that as a model is kind of outdated. It's one of the sort of, I don't know, it is, it feels like an outdated relic that that has kind of hung on to, to a lot of games I'm trying to think of like games where it works better for me. Uh, I know I talked a lot about Potionomics last year, uh, mm-hmm. and that is a game that does follow that same sort of trend where it's like you can give gifts to people. If you make the right dialogue choices, you basically build your relationship. But that one worked a lot better for me because it was, well, part of it was that gift giving thing. There was also just like uh, the the dialogue options weren't just about like responding positively and like reinforcing characters like it was it was really about playing your character as if she was a person who would be in a functional relationship with this person it it was not just like make the right choice it was like make a a choice that makes this a fulfilling relationship for both of them and i think Mm -hmm. also because the characters are so well written and because there are so many scenes leading up to like you starting to date where it is like your relationship growing um and so even though it is this kind of systems level Mm -hmm. thing that i don't really like being there i think the writing and and the way that they went about it was so good that it actually ended up working for Mm -hmm. me and you know obviously this is our podcast so this is no surprise but it's like i think generally i am more you know i connect more with like the way indie games um handle romance shocking and uh, yeah, shocking. But I was actually, I just thought of this off of what you were saying. It reminded me of um, one of the games we loved this year so far, which is Life After Magic, a game that also is like textually very much about relationships, but not just romantic ones. Yeah. And the way that game lets you like build relationships and it's about making like realistic choices to kind of be like hey no this is what like this is what this relationship needs it's not just like the right choice to make you like me and also the way you can choose to you know pursue romance or just be like i just want to stay a friend i just want to stay friends with you and deepen our friendship i think that's a really neat approach to it yeah totally it reminds me of um i did a big interview feature with some developers from Studio Elan back in February. And I one of the things that the founder of the studio, Josh Kaplan, said was basically badly implemented romance can be worse than none, mm-hmm. which I think is very accurate. But I think it's interesting how like Studio Elan's games uh, like Highway Blossoms or Please Be Happy or, and these kind of things approach romance in another way, which is... Oftentimes I find, you know, individual novels that are romance that like, you know, very much we love. They don't even always have 
choices of like choosing to do a relationship um there are light choices in these games um but like it's more about how the game just approaches the storytelling of romance that is like what is very impactful Mm -hmm. so it's i think there's an extra like level that is interesting to talk about with video games of not just the mechanics of how like you engage in romance but like the story and like how you portray romance like with characters yes i'm so glad that you got us there because that was like (laughs) the exact direction that i wanted to to take this conversation at the end to when i i was searching like when we knew we were going to talk about this i just kind of searched like best romance video games Mm -hmm. and everything that I could find was like the best video games with romance options. Yeah. When people think of romance in in video games, they tend to think specifically of the thing that we've just spent all this time talking about. You have a bunch of characters and you just choose one to hone in on and pick all the right choices and then you're in a relationship. What I think people, and I think this is just a, just comes down to basically like what kind of games are the most popular. Um, But there is like just a fully other way of doing romance in a game which is like treating it more like it would in any other medium which is just like tell a romance story right Mm -hmm. you don't need mechanics at all for that if you have something like a visual novel it's just it's just it can be a good romance because it's a good story and i think for me those tend to be the more effective because it's not just one possible way for you to build your character it is the point of the game and so there's a lot more attention being focused on those things so yeah i don't know i as always like visual novels and indie games get overlooked in the conversation but yeah i wanted to talk about some like indie games that did that do work on that level hell yeah and i know actually i i'm i'm certain that you've played more of this type of game than i have because i know you play a lot of studio really okay yeah i mean like Mm -hmm. i play a lot of visual novels as well but they don't mostly tend to be focused on romance i don't know the, the things that i really am into are like we'll often have that as part of it but it's it's it wouldn't it's not what i would consider like a romance game i'm mostly because i know you're really into studio alone which are which are very specifically romance games i mean um one of the developers that i always really like to recommend people play is uh on itch their name is milky lemon Mm -hmm. and i really like their games um the the one that i always recommend to people is the very the very uh hilariously named yuki's palpitating passionate phenomenal and quite frankly proficient quest for a parentheses hot girlfriend which is the writing is very funny. Like, it's just a very fun game. It's super short. I was actually thinking about this game a lot in the context of when I was playing Baldur's Gate 3 because of my uh, unhappiness with, ha- with how that game's ha- game handles multiple romances. Yuki's, uh, anyways, the, that game with a long name, it is a game explicitly about like getting into a polycule. Yes. And it's so great because like the whole way it's set up is you you go to high school and you meet these three girls who all have crushes on you. And they're basically like, you're going to go on a date with each yeah, of us. Well, and then you have to decide. You meet one of these girls and she instantly oh, yeah, that is, is like, true. you're going to be my girlfriend. <laughs> I love you. And then you meet these two other girls who like she's in a club with who also love you. And mm-hmm. she's like, OK, we're breaking up so that you can go on a date <laughs> with each of us and decide which one of us you want to be your girlfriend, mm-hmm. which is so cute and it's great because you do that and then the game is like okay you have to choose which one is your girlfriend and you can choose like one of them 
And when you do those endings with the single partner, it's like, you're happy, but you know, there's something kind of missing that you like wish, you know, you still think about those other girls and then you do all these endings and then you can basically buy like, why don't we all date? And it's, it's neat. So good. And the thing that I really like about this though, is that there's a sequel, which is called Spika Chinatsu and Haruka's enchanting, marvelous, and quite frankly, elaborate quest to save their parentheses cute girlfriend, mm-hmm. which is a sequel. And it's the protagonist, Yuki, gets kidnapped and her girlfriends have to save her. And I like this because I think, I don't know if you've played this one. I haven't played the sequel yet. No. I think it does a really good job of showing how the girlfriends all have relationships with each other as well, though. Because the first game is very centered on mm-hmm. Yuki and there's somewhat, it seems almost like, oh, well, all the girls just decide to date her and that they're okay sharing. Right, yeah. And then the sequel is very much like, oh, they're actually all dating and they're oh, all happy. It's so, so cute. cute. I'm going to have to play it. I think, you you know, people should play the Butterfly Soup series, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, which is, you know, it has a lot more like complexity to it. It's not just like, it's not the happy, you know, story yes. fully that, that the milky lemon games are but it's like really really good and has a lot of like just really interesting things to say about you know queer romance mm-hmm. um kind of on another weirder note uh a game that i like is lady killer in a bind mm-hmm. from christine love um which is more like it's more adult and yes. it gets into like yes. more adult romance things also um but it's it's i really like that because it's basically you know all these games are using romance kind of as a starting point and they have these really interesting stories and characters who like investigate different aspects of romance yeah and i think that's what i was so i was playing a couple of different like romance games on itch like in preparation for this and i think the thing that kind of struck me was the the way that triple a games tend to mechanize romance is like picking who you want to date and then picking all the right answers and then that's just what it is what I think I've found is like way more effective for me anyway, is not telling the story of how you get this person to be with you, but telling the story of a relationship, which I think there are games out there that do that. Like one really interesting example from a, a while ago, a few years ago now is Florence. Like that one got tons of attention, which was yeah. like telling the story of like an entire, the entire length of a relationship through finding these ways to mechanize not not the conversations you're having and not like really like how the relationship functions but the way that it feels to be in a relationship the Mm -hmm. way that it feels to like connect with someone or to like start falling out with them through these little like you know little mini games that kind of that are very non-representational you know they're they're just they're about metaphor as opposed to like the mechanics of how that thing works I think does a really interesting job. Uh, just this morning, I played a game on Itch called There's This Girl that I it, I think is pretty clearly influenced by Florence in that it, again, it also tells this, it's a wordless game, probably takes 20 or 30 minutes to play, but it's a story about like, these two girls meeting and having a relationship and then breaking it off and then maybe depending on like there's like a choice at the end basically like what you want to if you want to try to make it work or not but it's very similar where it's just like it's it's all about the vibes of it it's all about like the feeling of meeting someone and falling for them and then 
things getting bad. I would highly recommend this game. Actually, uh, it's uh, by the developer, a developer named Angela Hu, and it's like, again, wordless and fantastic art. Like the art is so fucking good. Um, really cool music, just really vibey. Like I, I was really, really taken with this game. So I would definitely recommend that. I played another game called Girl Things, which is very short. <laughs> It's like probably five minutes that long. Was, that was the alternative name for this podcast. Yeah, just girl things. Um, <laughs> and it's just like you, you're a, a trans girl who's, there's another girl who you've been talking to on Discord who's coming to visit you. Like it like literally starts with like a Discord conversation. Yeah, she like comes to visit you and then you have like hang out for a night and then decide to like start a relationship or not. And it's, it's, I I think that like follows the same thing of like, it's not about how you convince this person to like you. It's not about this kind of like mechanical building up a meter choice. It's just telling the story yeah. of, of this particular relationship. And I think just that's always going to be a more effective thing than just having all of these, all of these characters who just kind of fall for your blank slate character. I think that's the thing that honestly is missing so much is like, you can, you never really see what they see in your character. Because main characters in RPGs like this are just never very interesting because you have mm -hmm. to be able to project yourself onto them. So there's just generally not really much of a reason for them to like you, you know? And I, and I, I really think that's, that's what's missing. Like in a, in a story with specific characters that's about a specific relationship, you can tell the story of why they like each other. Mm -hmm. I think, um, so these aren't indie games, but there are a couple games I was thinking about. Um, I got a shout out just because I think I, I think most people think about this when they think about good romances in games. Final Fantasy 8 and 10. Mm -hmm. I honestly think 8 is better, but whatever. Final Fantasy has a lot of romance. Like, like to its credit, it, it's, it's one of the games that focuses on it where it's not this kind of like choose your own adventure style. Like it, mm -hmm. I mean, 7 has a, like a lot of, a lot of the games have romance in them. It's just not like the focus. The one game that I was actually really thinking about, because I think it's super fascinating as a game that is explicitly about like investigating a weird aspect of romance and relationships, is Catherine. Yeah. I think Catherine is a neat game. I do too. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's about like, just, like, if you know anything yeah. about Catherine, you know the caveats, but. I mean, let's just say it was made by the people who made Persona 4. Yeah, not super cool about queer people. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, I mean, that's a really interesting game yeah. about like, because it puts you in the shoes of like a character who has like their own relationships and desires. And it's about them like being unhappy with kind of like their quote unquote, like mundane life. Mm -hmm. And then he has to like, he gets you know he starts getting flirted with by this like younger girl and he also has his girlfriend and uh it's a really interesting game and i i i, I think it's super neat that like a pretty high you know a top tier developer was like we're gonna make a game very much explicitly about like romance <laughs> yeah you know what i thought you were going to say what a game that you wouldn't think of that's about romance but it is that you love what signalis Signalis. Signalis is a love story. You're yeah. so right. I mean, it, absolutely it is. It, is. it explicitly, it explicitly is. That's why I sobbed about it so much and I wrote so many articles yeah. about it. And it fucking rules. Oh, man. I. We should replay Signalis. Yes. I'm grateful every day that you introduced that game to me. It's so fucking good. It really is.
So yeah, I mean, that is basically what we have on romance. I mean, as always, we can kind of end by just saying like, if this is something you're interested in, you know what we're going to say. Fucking got to itch. Hell yeah. But yeah, and that sort of brings up a something I want to mention that's like only tangentially related. It's just something that I saw this week that I thought was worth bringing up, particularly because so much of at least what we think good romance is in games is happening in visual novels. So Steam just ended its visual novel fest where they had a bunch of visual novels on sale. I basically should be the target audience for that, but I kind of forgot it was even happening until it was already over. I don't know. It just seemed like it was really poorly like advertised. I didn't see anybody talking about it. I didn't hear anything about it. And then I stumbled upon this post. Uh, it's from someone named Aramia, who is a visual novel developer. Um, they work at Crystal Gameworks, which is a woman-run visual novel studio that does queer visual novels. Uh, and it's a post basically talking about what went wrong with the Steam Visual Novel Fest from the perspective of a developer. Um, it's very interesting about how the way that Steam like reaches out to people for these fests, the way that you get your game placed, and then the ways that Steam kind of didn't really promote it in the same way that they normally do and, and sort of skimped on it. So it just kind of like, I don't know, verified the feeling that I had that they weren't really putting as much focus on this. Um, mm -hmm. It's more focused on like the experience of a dev, but um, I will we'll post this link. I think it's a, it's a very short read, but it's very interesting to see like from the perspective of someone on the other side, seeing that like this should have been done better. Um, and then she also in, in this post also does like the exact same call out that I just did basically of like, if you want to see how to do it correctly, like go to itch because all the things that I just said are there. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would be remiss before we like get to our wrap up. I, if I did not mention one of my favorite videos ever made that has to do with romance and video games, which is Action Button Reviews Tokimeki Memorial, <laughs> a six hour YouTube video. Yeah. I just really like it. It's neat. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Cool. It gets it gets to a lot of really cool stuff about what it's what it what it means to make romances in video games. So um this, this is not me disagreeing with you. This is me knowing that I will never be able to watch a six-hour long review. Do you want to know how many times I've watched this video, Robin? Do, do I? Well, what would you guess? I don't want to. It came out two years ago. Okay. How many times? I've watched it, like, probably seven times. I was going to guess six. That's Fully, so many. Like, yeah, it's a lot. It's great. You should... I'm sure it's good. I don't. I didn't mean to sound <laughs> negative. I'm sure it's good. I just. I know that I don't have the attention. I would have to watch it in chunks, basically. Yeah. I would watch it over the course of like twelve days. But maybe My, it's worth um, it. Who could say? I have a great story. So, and you can decide to cut this or not. Uh, when I was in grad school and I was in my arts criticism class with my arts criticism professor, we were talking about the age of like internet criticism and YouTube critics, and. If there are, are any good like YouTube critics, if there's any good arts criticism going on on YouTube, and a lot of people, I mean, I went to such a pretentious program. They were all fucking assholes. They're like, no, there's no such thing as good criticism on YouTube. Like real critics work in the New York Times. But my professor was like, does anybody have like an example of a good critic that, you know, does work on YouTube that they think is like really great? And I was like, I mean, I, I do. <laughs> And he was like, okay, go up and like, go up to the computer and like, put it on the projector. 
and I opened up this video and everybody was like, this is a six hour long video. And I was like, yeah, so obviously I'm not going to make you watch the whole thing, but I'm just going to like, we're just going to watch the first minute of it. And we watched the first minute of it. And then my professor was like, this is like the greatest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) And he literally, he emailed me that night and he was like, hey, can you email me like, can you write me like a primer about this Tim Rogers guy and this thing, this video that he has? And I was like, absolutely. Hell yes. And then I ran into Tim Rogers on the street uh, one day outside of school and I was talking to him. Anyways, that's my fun little anecdote. That is a fun little anecdote. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, besides uh, trying to kiss Carlac, uh, what have you been up to this week? Oh, fuck, right. I haven't been up to anything. I'm sorry. This is like the third week in a row. I have nothing to add. That's fine. I haven't had time. I've been busy. (sighs) You've been busy. Oh, you know what? Here's what I'm going to shout out. Um, It's not something I've been doing this week, but it's in theme. Um, I will take this opportunity, since we talked about romance video games, to call out a couple of romance tabletop games, which is a very interesting uh, genre I haven't explored too much of, but there are some options out there that that look very interesting that I'd be eager to play. So going to quickly shout out some. The, the sort of biggest one I know about is called Butterfly Court, which is a game about like court intrigue. And part of that is about like seducing other members of like this royal court and stuff seems very interesting i think it's a no dice no masters game yeah it's no dice no masters so it's a very like kind of freeform type of game uh there's another game called dating.sim which is like a kind of comedy romance game that's based on like based on dating simulators uh but in like a tabletop form it looks super fun it's by this developer possible worlds which is like one of the most exciting tabletop developers around right now they like they put out these very very clever like basically like splat book sized games that are like very quick to learn quick to play have really interesting out there premises um they do lots of good stuff uh and then the final one i'm going to shout out is actually i'll shout out uh thirsty sword lesbians which does have some romance even though it's more of like an action thing and it's about like sword fighting but horny and the final one i'll call out is a game called Starcrossed, which is another game uh that uses a jenga tower to play uh and it's about like building a relationship and then that relationship falling apart as the as the tower falls possibly maybe it doesn't maybe you win and the tower stands um but yeah i just want to shout out some if you know if you're into tabletop there are some like very interesting twists on on romance games happening in that space right now how about you will <laughs> what have you been up to this week yeah uh the first thing that i wanted to shout out is i went to a punk rock show out in brooklyn mm-hmm. um with a bunch of You're so cool Willa. i know i am so cool uh the reality of it is zoe dragged me there but <laughs> we, you know the people don't need to know no no but uh so I'll cut we, that out, I promise. yeah we went out to a punk rock show and we were seeing um a band that zoe knows somebody in and uh, I wanted to shout out that band because the band was pretty fun and they're all trans and, you know, we got to support each other. So <laughs> yes, the band's name is Sludge Bunny and they're on Spotify. Uh, so if you are into punk rock music or trans people, go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in 
it on like usual programming i have been playing some more fun games the the one i wanted to shout out this week is venba which is a narrative cooking game it's super short it's like an hour and a half and it's so sad and it made me cry a lot it's really good basically it's it tells the story of an indian family living in toronto and it basically tells the story of that family over a couple decades through the food that they cook. Um, it's really good. It's super short. If you have the time, you should definitely play it. It's, I think, one of the better games that has come out this year. Really enjoyable. I'm so, I cannot wait to play this game. I've We've been talking about it forever, and it's finally out, and everyone says it's as good as I hoped it was. I'm, yeah. I'm so excited to play it. It really is. But I think uh, with that, that is everything. Uh, you can listen to us everywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us on social at many places. We're going to put our link tree down below so that you can find us. You can I also... I forgot that again last week. <laughs> That's fine. You can also email us any questions, comments, jokes, concerns at girlmodepod at gmail.com. Please send us stuff or else we're going to be really depressed. <laughs> so I'm trying oh, to actually, kill. We also opened asks on co-host, oh. um, which is a thing I didn't know exist, but someone asked us to do it. And I was like, sure. So if you want to ask us questions that way, apparently that's a thing you can do. Yeah. So do that. If we if we collect enough, maybe we'll do a questions episode at some time in the future. Yeah. I am on socials at the Willerow. And I am at Robin Bombas. Go, go, go out into the world. Oh, wait, wait. Tell your lover about girl mode. Look your lover in the eye. Yeah. Take them by the hand. <laughs> pull them close and say, listen to girl mode. Listen to girl mode. <laughs> in the middle of sucking and fucking. Yeah. It, mid coitus. Tell to listen to girl mode. Listen to girl mode. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I think I think we should just call it now. Uh anyway. Yeah, yeah this is the end of the podcast. Yeah, this is the end of the podcast. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Get out there and smooch someone. If you don't have anyone to smooch, smooch yourself. Yeah. If you can't smooch yourself, how in the hell are you gonna smooch someone else? Can I get an amen? Did you see that there was a new article that came out about um, Summerhill, the I shepherding did, yeah. game? It looks great. I, I'm, so, I'm so excited for that I'm fucking game. fucking hyped. My favorite part of this article is when the the guy that they were interviewing was like, yeah, we're really inspired by, you know... Um, Fumito Ueda's games. Um, oh, wow. And That's which, the best thing a developer can yeah. say. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, they have a huge, massive scale. And we were like, what if we took that kind of approach to how they made their world so interesting? But instead of giant, you know, colossus that you fight, it was about sheep. And I'm just like, this game's going to be fucking perfect. That's the most <laughs> galaxy brain thought in history. <laughs> I'm like, this guy is 
let this guy cook. Fucking level. (laughs) I cannot. I I'm so hyped. Yeah. God, that game looks so fucking good. 